how are you doing this morning? Everybody good? Yes. Did you come excited? Did you come expecting? Did you come expecting? Expecting to get a better understanding of who he is. This is the key. A better understanding of who he is. And it's so important to have an accurate understanding of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Chris, Chris mentioned it today, and I'm, you know, I don't, he didn't know what this message was going to be about, but, and Jason dovetailed into it, and Pastor Ben dovetailed into it, so, you, you know, because you're alert, your mind is alert, and your heart is receptive, you're going to catch it. You're going to catch it. It's really good. God has made known to us the mystery of his will. And the Bible goes on to say it's because of his good intention toward us. He has made known his will. Everybody comes around. What do I need to do? What do I do this? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Well, here's here. God has made known the mystery of his will. It, it didn't say he's going to make it known. He says he has made it known. I mean, that, that really can change the way you perceive this. And that's important because a true, accurate knowledge of him, the Bible says, brings a treasure. It brings a treasure. It brings a treasure of an assurance Conviction. It's important for us to understand that. Fully assured. Would you like to be fully assured in your life? Amen. Because we need to be fully assured of the understanding, which brings a result of true knowledge of the Lord himself. Understanding the mystery of God. Understanding the mystery of God. Here, God loves us so much, he's willing to share secrets with us. Understanding the mystery of God, which is Christ himself. I don't know about you, but I want that. I'm serious. I want this. I have a personal conviction that God is going to give us all more today. (laughs) Fully assured. Doesn't that settle stuff? Fully assured. Are you fully assured today? Or are you teetering? Fully assured in the understanding. Do you understand? Or are you still trying to get understanding? We're all growing in this understanding. This is going to be really important for us today. Because this is what Pastor Mammy, Pastor Ben, this is what we want for you. It's found in Daniel chapter 11. If you're taking notes, just write that down. Daniel chapter 11. It's verse 32 and 33. To gain an understanding is so vital. We need an accurate understanding. If we have an accurate understanding, we can be fully assured Talking about walking around in confidence. Talking about not being moved by circumstances of life. Fully assured. But this is what we want for you. This is amazing. The book of Daniel, he was a mighty prophet. And Daniel himself had been visited by God in many ways. Remember Daniel in the lion's den? The lions didn't eat him. Because he sent his angels. Do you know that actually there's a chapter in the Bible written by the king Nebuchadnezzar? But Daniel had been seen heaven. He had great visions. God visited him. This guy was a mighty prophet. And so he's foretelling what you guys, we want you to be. This is why we do what we do. This is why we pray to get a message so that we can give you something that you can take in and then apply in your life so that you can be strong. Not moved left or right. Not moved by the waves, not moved by the wind, 
And just like Jesus said, because the storms of life are going to hit us. Anybody find that out? And what we do, we say, hey, get me out of this situation. Get me out of this situation. The key is that we need to be standing strong through it. Because if you built yourself on the rock, your house, your house will stand. Full assurance of understanding. Boy, wouldn't that be just amazing. You know that that can rest on your shoulders like a mantle. Daniel says this, But the people who know their God shall prove themselves strong and shall stand firm and do exploits for God. And they who are wise and understanding among the people shall instruct many and make them understand. That's an amazing word, understand. Understand. I looked this up. Do you know understanding and understand in the Bible, in the New American Standard? 390 times it's written in there. Understanding. If we understand accurately, confidence will come in us. So let's pray. I want to pray. Father, we ask you to fill us with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that we will walk in a manner worthy of you to please you in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of you. Strengthen us with power according to your glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience joyously joyously and we give thanks to you because you have qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints of life in jesus name amen understanding we need understanding so you you understand with the mind of the spirit not the mind of the flesh not the carnal mind we deal with this daily, moment by moment. Because your carnal mind will tell you there's no such thing as miracles. You're never getting your healing. Why would you even go to church? But the spirit man is saying, I'm hungry for all that. <laughs> I want more. I want God blesses you in an appropriate way. Say, Lord, you're unlimited. And I'm asking you for more. <laughs> oh, he's a giver. He is a giver. I want us to turn to Luke chapter 13. And the title of this message is about an unfruitful fig tree. Unfruitful fig tree. We're going to start in verse 1. I'm going to read out of the Amplified. So if you have your electronics there, uh, a U version, just hit... Uh, Amplified Classic, Luke 13, verse 1 through 9, we're going to go at. Luke, I love hearing the pages turn. I, uh, maybe on your phone you can get an app that sounds like pages turning. That's a delight. <laughs> that is a delight. Excuse me here. Starts off like this. Just at that time, there arrived some people who informed Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate mixed with their sacrifices. And he replied by saying to them, Do you think that these Galileans were greater sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, change your mind for the better, and heartily amend your ways with an abhorrence of your past sins. You will all likewise perish and be lost eternally. Jesus goes on. Or those 18 whom the Tower of Siloam fell and killed them. Do you think that they were more guilty offenders and debtors than all the others who dwelt in Jerusalem? No. No. 
But I tell you, unless you repent, change your mind for the better, hardly amend your ways with an abhorrence of your past sins, you will all likewise perish and be lost eternally. And then he told him this parable. A certain man had a fig tree and planted it in his vineyard. And he came looking for the fruit on it, but did not find any. So he went to the vine dresser. See here, for these three years, I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it continue also to use up the ground, to deplete the soil, intercept the sun, and take up room? But he replied to him, Leave it alone, sir, just this one more year till I dig around it and put manure on the soil. Then perhaps it will bear fruit after this. But if not, you can cut it down and out. I'm going to do sometime soon a message on the hard sayings of Jesus. We're looking for an accurate understanding of the Lord. Amen? We want to be like those people in Daniel that he spoke of. We want to know God. We want to stand firm. And you're going to have to stand firm in the day. You recognize it. Jesus says the whole world's going to hate us. Let's get ready for it. Don't cry if somebody defriends you. How's it word? Unfriend you. Come on. Your reaction, maybe it can be that you need to bear more fruit and manures coming around your soil. How are you going through the tough time that you're going through? Are you counting it all joy like Jesus said? I know that's hard, isn't it? Isn't it? But we got to start to think with the mind of the spirit, not the mind of the flesh. I'd like to look a little deeper at those first five verses. And then we'll look at the parable about the fruitless fig tree. This isn't the same fig tree that Jesus cursed. This is different. I think you could get the gist of what he was saying. But I just surely want to imprint it on us. Because we want accurate understanding of the gospel. We want the truth. It's better to know the truth now than when you stand before Jesus. Because right now we can change. Right now we can allow that manure to come on us and then go and work to bear fruit. God's looking for fruit in our lives. Can I hear an amen? (laughs) So Pilate massacres a group of Galileans. Horrible incident. Brutal. Brutal. Then he mixes their blood with a sacrifice, and it's truly an outrage. Think of what the newspaper headlines would be. Then it would run for weeks. What would get stirred up? Hatred would get stirred up. See a correlation of what's happening? Come on now. (laughs) What would people focus on? What would they focus on? Try to get the Roman government back. Let's make some plans. Let's let's attack them here. Let's get them back here. So there were protests in the streets. Then people would say, why did God let this happen? <laughs> Where was God? They were at church. And I tell you, Jesus' reply, uh, I'm sure they were not expecting that reply. He says they weren't the worst people. But he says, unless you repent, unless you all repent, you will perish and be lost eternally. Then the tower falls and kills 18. Another heartbreak. Do you know that bad things happen to good people? Come on now. 
Tragedy can happen. And it does happen. <laughs> and it happens suddenly. And life could be cut short. We know this. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish and be lost eternally. So what is Jesus telling us? What's he telling us? He's telling us to be prepared. Be prepared. Take a look at this next scripture. We want an accurate understanding of the gospel. Amen? This is in Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, in the New Testament. And just as it is appointed for all men once to die, and then after that, the certain judgment. Jesus' response was, unless you all repent, you will likewise perish and be lost eternally. Repent or perish. <laughs> Quite a choice, isn't it? And really, that is the choice. Repent or you'll perish. Now, does Jesus mean to come to church and then sit down before God each week and list a, 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 make a list of our sins and express sorrow over it? regret, I messed things up, I shouldn't have acted that way, I'll do better next time. <laughs> because if you don't say sorry, you're going to be cast into fire of hell. We might tend to think that uh, it's a divine apology. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry I stole, uh, I'm, I'm sorry I lied, I'm sorry I cheated. I really feel bad about it. I promise to do better next time. Couldn't repentance be something bigger than that? Hmm? Could repentance be, in truth, a divine reordering of the things that went wrong? What if repentance is not about making a list of the sins and know that you should be punished and, you know, you're really bad and I, I'm sorry about it? Maybe it's talking about life transformation. Life transformation. What if it was about resetting your values, your priorities? <laughs> See, that's what I think sinners should be doing right now. <laughs> I'm serious. It is true. See, the presence of God is here by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's ministry is to convict the world of sin. That means everybody in it. That means us too. And he's also acknowledging righteousness because if you're born again, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But we still blow it. All of us. All of us. So maybe we should be really thinking about this divine reordering of things that went wrong in your own personal life. You know, when we read that scripture, unless you, it's like God putting a finger right on your chest, unless you repent. You will likewise perish and be lost eternally. <laughs> what if it was about putting God first and seeking his kingdom? Not seeking our own way, not looking for what's convenient for ourselves. <laughs> Maybe it's Part of it is to take no account of a suffered wrong. Maybe it's about being 
patient and kind. You know, the book of Luke uses the word repentance more than Matthew, Mark, or John. And we take a look at, because Luke penned the book of Acts, because he was there. And this is what he says in Acts. Maybe this is on the outline, or if we don't do an outline anymore. <laughs> Go to Acts chapter 2. This is when the power of God hit Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit manifests himself, and the gifts of the Spirit were flowing freely through the disciples. And we see what happened there. The Holy Spirit pricked these people's heart. They, the Bible says they were pricked in their heart and asked, what shall we do? Maybe sometimes we have to be sensitive enough to allow the Holy Spirit to prick our hearts. Can I hear an amen? amen. Yeah, I want to be corrected. Amen. I don't want to get to the place where he has to put manure around me. <laughs> but that's up to you. That's up to me. Peter answered and said, repent. Change your view and purpose to accept the will of God in your inner self instead of rejecting it. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of and release from your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent is a Bible word. It means to come back. It means to convert. It means to change. <laughs> it means to turn around. When I was doing this message, I really was amazed that I found out that it is a Bible word and it was never found in the Greek literature or the Roman literature at that time frame. This is how Christians come to God. This is how we come to God. This is how everyone comes to the Father through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. I believe the Holy Ghost is doing something right now in this room. I believe the Holy Ghost is doing something right now in you if you're watching this. There's two sides of repentance. Did you know that? There's a negative side when we recognize we've missed it, we've sinned, we've fallen short. There's always a turning away from something. But that's only half of it. It's turning away from something, sin, and turning towards something, a Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. This is the repentance. It's turning away from something and, of course, turning to God. That's when life transformation starts to happen. Because God is looking for fruit in your life. I don't want to get to that fruitless fig tree yet. But I believe it's not anybody here. Or if it is, now we're getting an insight. We're getting accurate understanding of the gospel. There's a sad picture in the scriptures that really will stop you in your tracks to tell you the truth. It's found in Luke chapter 7, verse 30. It reads this way. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected God's purpose for themselves, not having been baptized by John. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. A divine reordering of things in your life. A reset, our whole value system. Being connected to God. It's about putting Him first and seeking His kingdom. Do you remember what Jesus said? Well, He said a lot, but... He said, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. And repentance is one of those keys.
It's a good message. Because the word of God is like a two-edged sword piercing the dividing of the spirit and the soul. So when you're being convicted, it's a good thing. Because if we don't respond properly, what will happen is that there'll be manure around you. Because God is wanting fruit from your life. Now let's take a look at the parable. This parable is really important. Luke chapter 13, verses 6 through 9. And he told this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in, and that's a big word, in his garden, his vineyard. And he came looking for fruit on it, but did not find any. He said to the vine dresser, See here, for three years I've come looking for fruit on this fig tree and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it continue to use up the ground, deplete the soil, intercept the sun, and take up room? But he replied to him, Leave it alone, sir, just one more year till I dig around it and put manure on the soil. Then perhaps it'll bear fruit after this. But if not, you can cut it down. It's important for us to gain an accurate understanding about the kingdom of God. The absolute importance of it because it will affect your entire life. Remember, we talked about a reset of priorities. A reset of priorities. Allowing, having a divine reset. We've got to do it. I, I'll go back to that scripture we read in Luke. That's a sad scripture. The Pharisees rejected the purpose of God for their lives. That's one of our... This is our mission, to help people know God, find purpose. Not your purpose. His purpose for your life. Listen, He created you, and He's put it within you, everything. He's given you the mystery of His will. He's expecting fruit. We take a look at this. The barren fig tree is really a symbol of a fruitless profession of godliness. The, the, the delay is something good. Amen? That represents the patience of God. Don't you know we all need the patience of God? He allows this for a time of repentance. Christians need to repent. It's not a one-time deal. You've got to be able to recognize when the Holy Spirit is dealing with you. Because the Bible says it's a proof of being a child of God. The proof of being a child of God is to be led by His Spirit. And He's looking for fruit of righteousness. He's looking for fruit of godliness. Can I hear an amen? Listen, he is dealing with people right now. In this room, and if you're watching on the internet, yes, he's dealing with you. Because he's bringing the same issue up that he's been dealing with you for a long time. This repentance is a reset, a redirection of our entire life. Our entire life. We don't add Jesus to our life. He's our life. <laughs> we get that straight. <laughs> and if you're a Christian, you don't even belong to yourself. You belong to Jesus. He owns you. Remember this fig tree was in the garden. 
It was in the Father's garden. It's a reset of our hopes, our dreams, our desires. It really is. You better check your wish list. Because if we walk in this reset, it will be fruitful. It will be flourishing. And your life will be transformed. Pastor Mamie made mention of what, how the Word of God has transformed our lives. It's real. It's real. So he's giving more time and attention to the fig tree. Amen? But look what it says here. It goes back and it says that there's going to be a point where he has to give up. It has to give up. And the fig tree, of course, is a metaphor for the children of God. And he expects us to bear fruit of repentance and holiness. Holiness. And again, time's running out. And that is a sobering thought, isn't it? I, I put ourselves and take a look at Jesus when he's speaking of this. Do you see the agony in his voice where he is saying, time is running out. Reprioritize your life. The situation is serious. And we at times don't even know what's at stake. We've got to ask ourselves, you know, we have to judge ourselves. The Bible says to judge ourselves. Are we doing what God wants us to do? Are we walking in His ways? Are we walking in holiness? Are we truly lights to the world? Are we doing all we should be doing? But are we doing it with the right heart? That's the key. Are you doing it with the right heart? Look at this once again. We looked at that scripture in Corinthians or Hebrews. We just read that. It's appointed for man once to die and then the judgment. It's the courts of heaven. We're all going to stand there. We're all going to stand there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says this. Oh, good, it's up. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good bad. Before you get too comfortable with this, it's not your values of what's good and bad. It's His. It's His value. What is good, what is bad. Remember how we prayed at the start of the message? Let's do it again. Father, we ask you that you fill us with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that we'll walk in a manner worthy of you. To please you in all respects. Oh God, we want to bear fruit in every good work. We ask that you would help us to increase our knowledge about you. We want to know you. We want to be prepared to meet you. And we also want you to richly reward us <laughs> when we stand in front of you. In Jesus' name. There's a scripture that really lit me up in uh, Bible college. And it was Paul speaking to the Colossian church. And he was saying that he his whole desire and his whole focus was to be able to present that church mature to God. That's what he wanted to do. That's what we want to do here. You know, we, we give you a message that God gave us for you, for you. And then we got to find out what you do with it. 
we don't want you just to be hearers of the word. That was nice. I, you know, I could sense the presence of God. You're going to sense the presence of God now in there because it's going to be a little different because he's going to pick and prod. And that's a good thing. Listen, if you're a Christian, he's not saying you're guilty and going to hell. He's saying, let's clean it up. Let's fix it. Reprioritize. Reset your values, your hopes, your dreams, your entire life. We don't, again, I'm going to go back to it. You don't just add Jesus to your life and just do what you want. He owns you. And he, he's, he's a master who loves you. And why is he dealing with this? Why is he pricking our hearts? Because sin will bring death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is life eternal. <laughs> so wouldn't it be better just to allow him to chop off some dead branches? Yes, it would be. Says he's going to prune us. If you're not being pruned, then uh-oh. You know why? Because all the time we're growing and maturing in the things of God. And the truth is, Watchman Nee said this, the closer you get to God, the more you see how deprived you really are and what a gift it is that God has given to us. So the Holy Spirit is going to help you grow. He's going to show you things. He'll show you things that you don't want anybody else to know. And he's not going to advertise it. He's going to say, let's deal with it. Let's deal with it. What does it say? You're working out your salvation with fear and trembling, but not in your own strength. I love that scripture. Not in your own strength. In the power of God, we asked for the power of God, didn't we? Yes, we ask for the power of God for what? So we can stand firm. Because the waves of this world system is crashing against every single Christian. Pulling you here, pulling you there. Many voices in the world, they all have a meaning. But there's only one voice we're going to follow, the good shepherd. And we will be different from the world. Different. Why? Because we have a standard. That standard is a solid rock and it doesn't change. It's not moved over by popular opinion. It's not moved away by, what do you call it, Snapchat, whatever? <laughs> Twitter, Snapchat. <laughs> you can tell I'm really good at that. <laughs> Listen, this is, this is, this honestly, this is a message of love. Can you understand that? It's love. It's the love of God. And we all need a divine reset from time to time. Don't we? I do. I do. It's a good thing. It's, remember Daniel? Remember, we, we're, we're looking at some scriptures that Jesus says, unless we repent, we'll perish. And we found out it's not really just, well, I'm sorry, I'm, uh, I'm guilty of that, but I'll do better. That is not repentance. Godly sorrow brings life. Know that scripture? It's a good one. It brings life. We've, we've, we've read that it's appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. Talked about being in the courts of heaven. That'll put fear in us. Good fear. The fear of God is clean. Scripture says. The fear of God will keep us on that narrow path that we're to walk. Because the other path is broad and ends in destruction. 
The wind and waves are coming, folks. You need to have a bedrock on solid rock, which is Jesus Christ, which Pastor Mamie reminded us of. It is the Word of God. We, we read something out of Daniel. I want to read something else out of Daniel chapter 7. Like I said, Daniel was a, a prophet like amazing. He wrote about the end times. When you're looking at the end times, you're definitely going to be looking in Daniel about what he said. In uh, Revelation, it's a great study. But Pastor Mamie and Pastor Ben and I, we want you to be prepared when you stand in the courts of heaven. God's desire is to reward you for you following his ways on earth. That's what he wants. He's going to look at any and everything he can so you can be blessed. And that's who's that up to? It's up to you. Because God wants to richly reward us. We want to hear those words, well done, good, and faithful servant. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even unto death. That's you and me. Full assurance of understanding. Full assurance of understanding brings a treasure. You and I, we've all been there. We've, we've had confidence when we go and do something, and we've also been shaken when we go do something. And when you lose that confidence, then you start to think with the mind of the flesh. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, this, that. Oh, no, everybody's looking at me. Oh, I messed that up. Oh, my. No, the mind of the Spirit is saying, Father God, you're here with me, and maybe I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do my best. I'm going to let you lead me into what I should be doing. It's a reset. Repentance is a reset of all our priorities. A divine reset of all our priorities. When that happened to us, our whole life changed. Totally. Here we are just normal couple trying to make it. God tapped us on the shoulder and so we rented our house, took all our, ki our kids. We went to Oklahoma for two years. We didn't have jobs. We did find out where to live, <laughs> so that was good. <laughs> but we had no jobs, but God called us. We gave it all up. There we go. Two years. We, we never came back to visit because we didn't have the money. We couldn't do it. But God is a provider. He blessed us so richly. Well, you couldn't tell by our bank account, but <laughs> I'm telling you what, our lives completely changed because we submitted ourselves to the Word of God. And He's looking for fruits of righteousness and holiness. Let's take a look at what Daniel saw. A river of fire was flowing and coming out before him. Thousands upon thousands were attending him. And myriads upon myriads were standing before him. The court sat. And books were opened. Revelation talks about these books being opened too. But this is what I want written in your life. Look at Malachi now. Malachi 16 and 17. Go ahead, put that up. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord gave attention and heard it. A book of remembrance was written before him for those who feared the Lord and who esteemed his name. They will be mine, says the Lord of hosts. 
On that day, I prepare my own possession. I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Isn't that what you want under your name? Because God takes really good records. Do you know he wants to bless you even if you give a cup of cold water to a child in his name? He'll bless you. I wonder if he's writing your name down about the prayer meetings. I'll poke you. I'll let that sit. I want you to understand God is looking for fruit in our lives. That fruit is evidence of our love and who really is Lord of your life. Can't fake that. You might as well surrender to him now. Completely. It's a good thing. It's really a good thing. Because when we did it, I want you to understand, because we want to have a full assurance of understanding because it brings a treasure. We've had trouble in our lives. It's not a skate that goes so easy. But the Bible declares that God will harden you to difficulty. As you stand in his word, as you stand believing him, as you fill yourself up with the word of God and become a doer of it, you can stand. We ask him for his glorious power according to his might. And of course, we get this idea of power. We're going to come in and I'll just lift my hands. The doors will fly open. Uh, I'm going to lay hands on Norm. He's going to fall over there about 15 rows back. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love believes the best. It takes no account of a suffered wrong. That's the power of God. That's the power of God. Let me close with this. Philippians. I kind of quoted it before. Do we have it? All right. Look what it says here. Work out your salvation. Now, I want you to, your. When I said you and all this, when the Bible says you, don't say like you. No, say you, me. (laughs) Me. He's talking to me. He says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. When you surrender to God. When you surrender to God, you can have a divine reset of your entire life. I don't know if it'll be as dramatic as what happened with Pastor Mamie and I, but it'll all be written in his books that you agreed to his purpose and not like a Pharisee or a Sadducee who ignored God's purpose for their lives. I don't want any of you to be a barren fig tree. Can I hear an amen? amen? Let's close. Father, we give you glory and honor in this place. We lift up our hearts to you and allow you to do what you need to do in our lives. We surrender all to you. We want to make our lives a living sacrifice for you, Jesus. A living sacrifice. We want to tell you right now, Lord, that we recommit our lives to you.
We ask you to forgive us, Lord, for wandering, being wayward, doing things our own way, and saying, well, God will understand. Writes that down in his book. It's called disobedience. We ask you to forgive us for our disobedience, Lord. We're going to make the changes in our life. The divine reset. We, we declare that we will have a divine reset. And not in our own mind, Lord, we're going to yield to your spirit to help us as we put our path forward in you and for you. If you're here today and the Spirit of God has been tugging on your heart or you're listening online, you know He's been speaking to you. The only way to get out of this kind of trouble that the world brings is through Jesus Christ. He's the one who loved you. He's the one who died for your sins. He paid the price for you. He paid the price for me. And he's simply saying, repent or perish. Today's the day of salvation. I want everybody to pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I've come to you in the name of Jesus. He is the door. He is my access to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe that Jesus went to the cross. He spilled his blood for the forgiveness of my sins. He died and was buried. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. Your word says he rose again from the dead to justify me. When I'm justified, I can have confidence in going into the courts of heaven. Thank you, Jesus. You're my king. You're my master. I belong to you. Amen and amen.